There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hi, I'm Rob. Hi, I'm Gabby. And this is Dark Origins Podcast, a podcast where I tell Rob about different mediums of dark art and the true stories that inspired them. So, for example, you know, a true crime that maybe inspired a scary movie, things like that. But today, it's going to be a little bit different. Ooh, I'm going to be telling you, instead of telling you about a piece of art that was inspired by a true story i'm going to be telling you about an artist who was murdered um and i will say that this case does have um like documentary tv shows that were made about it but not like any type of dramatization so it's a little bit different than our usual format but still within the same vein yeah yeah okay cool i'm down okay so um This case starts out with a woman named Margaret Eby. Margaret Eby was a beloved provost and professor of music at the University of Michigan, Flint. So obviously there's the University of Michigan main campus in Ann Arbor. Then there's one in Flint and one in Dearborn. Yeah, the Flint one's right by my, my old stomping grounds where I grew up. Yes. So this happened right in your hometown, basically. What year was this? This was in 1986. I was five. Yeah. Oh, my. That's probably why I didn't know about it. Go on, please. So she poured herself into her work. Um, She founded... Arthur joins the podcast today, guys. Yes. Sorry. Sorry. Our dog's barking in the background like usual. Um, She poured herself into her work and she founded the Basically Bach Music Festival in Flint, She lived in a beautiful little house on Applewood Estate. Are you familiar with Applewood Estate? I think I've heard of that, yeah. It sounds super familiar. It's a historic site in Flint. It was built by C.S. Mott, who's the co-founder of GM and former mayor of Flint. And Mott Community College. Yeah, like his name is on tons of things. Yeah, All over Flint. The guy was a serious dude. Yeah, because he was also a philanthropist. So he, you know, provided a lot of 
things for Flint and a lot of resources. Yeah, too bad he didn't do the water, but that's another story. <laughs> so the the state included a sprawling mansion and several smaller homes for staff. This included a gatehouse, which is where Margaret lived. The gatehouse was built for the farmer that tended to the hobby farm on Applewood Estate, but the Mots rented it out after they quit raising farm animals. Um, so in order to access the driveway, Margaret would have to open the gate that led to it. So she would get out of her car, unlock it, get back in her car. But that night the gate was already open. So she drove up, got out of her car to walk up to her house. And strangely, her front door was also unlocked, but she probably thought that she had just accidentally left it open. Yeah, she must have, or, or just was like, wow, that's weird. And then just, I guess she just went in. Yes. Um, so she stepped inside like she normally would and closed the door behind her. Unfortunately, a force of evil was waiting for her. And on November 9th, 1986, Margaret was found dead in her bedroom. Oh my gosh. She had been sexually assaulted and nearly decapitated. And police officers processed the scene, but there wasn't much to go on. They collected blood and semen, but forensic DNA technology hadn't been widely available at the time. And they also found a single fingerprint. It was left on the sink knob in the bathroom, presumably at the time that the killer was cleaning himself up. Fingerprints can obviously be really valuable evidence when there's a database or suspect to test against, but with no national database or any suspects at the time, the case went cold. Margaret's murder weighed heavy on her family and friends, obviously, but it also weighed heavy on the city of Flint as a whole since she was such a positive force in the community. So it was really tragic that years started to go by and there wasn't any movement in the case. Five years passed without answers, but tragedy struck again on February 18, 1991, when Nancy Ludwig, a flight attendant, touched down in Detroit, Michigan after a commercial flight from Las Vegas. She wasn't supposed to be working that flight, but she agreed to come in because they needed help. She'd worked for Northwest for 15 years and was obviously a hard and consistent worker. Nancy had also been married to her husband, Art, for the majority of her career at Northwest as they'd been married for 13 years, and she was the stepmother to his three children. So the employees on the flight would get their bags after they got off, and then they would get on a shuttle that would take them to the Hilton Airport Inn located in Romulus, Michigan. Okay, so she didn't fly into Flint. She flew into the Detroit airport. Okay. Yes. So what would you say? Flint and Romulus are probably like an hour away, right? Yeah, maybe hour and a half. Yeah, they're not they're not crazy far away though. Right, um, right. So Nancy and one other coworker would be on the shuttle together before parting ways after checking in around nine p.m. The next afternoon, around one p.m., a housekeeper opened the door to Nancy's room to find a grisly scene in front of her. Nancy was dead on the floor, bound and gagged with blood everywhere. Oh, in and, the hotel. Yes. And Nancy's throat had been slashed from ear to ear, and she had been stabbed multiple times. Similarly to Margaret, such force was used when slitting her throat that she was nearly decapitated. She had been sexually assaulted, and her hands provided evidence that she had fought back hard as they were covered in defensive wounds. All of her uh, possessions had been taken by the killer, including her bags, ID, and jewelry. But police were able to preliminarily identify her through the hotel's system as the room was rented in her name. So this guy goes in, does this horrible act, and then walks out with, like, her stuff. Yeah, you probably took it as, like, trophies. Well, that, and maybe whatever he did, because he's a weirdo, but 
I was picturing him walking out, you know, through the lobby or whatever. But I suppose, as you know, being a flight attendant, you wouldn't have a lot of luggage, right? Because you're only staying for a night, maybe two. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't think it was like an, an insane amount of bags. I think it was probably just a bag or two. Yeah. One overnight bag or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, Investigators speculated that the killer had been hiding in the stairwell to the third floor, which was the floor that Nancy's room was on, um, ambushing Nancy at knife point as she opened the door. So upon further inspection of her body, investigators learned that she had been tortured by her killer. She had superficial wounds all over her face and body, which there wasn't any reason to do that other than to torture her. So they're making all this noise in this hotel. Oh my God. And nobody must have been around or hear it. Yeah. I mean, back then, it, I feel, I mean, some hotels were great, but most hotels I was in, you know, at that time and still today, like you can hear loud noises in other rooms. Yeah. I don't know if this was a super, I mean, it, this hotel doesn't exist anymore. Um, okay. So it shut down when out of business. I don't know if it was a super popular hotel. I mean, it was literally the Hilton Airport Inn. So I'm not sure how busy it was. And don't forget that Nancy was gagged. So oh, fair. that would have muffled some of the sounds. For sure. Um, Ugh, horrible. Yeah. Unfortunately, her husband, Art, would have to fly into Detroit to make an official identification of her body. Gruesomely, her autopsy revealed that she had been sexually assaulted for a second time after being killed. Um, similar to Margaret's case, the killer took great measures to get rid of as much evidence as possible, but he left behind a wet rag that was used to wipe Nancy's body down. They also collected blood and semen samples. And after processing the scene, police began the hunt for her killer. Uh, with news of the murder spreading, her observant co-worker called police to tell them that she had been on the shuttle with Nancy. She said that there was one other man on the shuttle with them and that he had made her very uncomfortable. She noted that the man invaded Nancy's space sitting right next to her despite there being plenty of other seats available, which is like just common courtesy. You don't sit next to people if there's a bunch of other seats available. Yeah, that's so weird. He also stared at Nancy the whole ride to the hotel. He couldn't take his eyes off of her. Uh, a portrait was drawn up to disperse to the public and throughout police organizations, but unfortunately it didn't lead anywhere. Another tip was called in by other people who had stayed at the hotel that night. They said they saw a strange man who was loading up a Monte Carlo with Northwest Airlines luggage around 10.15 p.m. See, there you go. Somebody had to see something. Well, another sketch was made, but it too failed to lead police or the public to a suspect. <sighs> police put a ton of effort into the investigation, but unfortunately Nancy's murder would follow in the icy cold footsteps of Margaret's. In 1996, five years after Nancy's murder and 10 years after Margaret's murder, the families of the two women would meet because Margaret's son, Mark, uh, reached out to Nancy's husband, Art. Mark had read about Nancy's murder and he saw many similarities between the two, so he thought that they were killed by the same person. Okay. Art agreed with Mark's analysis, so he contacted the investigators with the tip and... Even with this information, the investigation remained at a standstill um, until 2002 when investigators in Flint decided to run that single fingerprint that they found in uh, Margaret's bathroom through the now established national database. Yeah. Finally, after over a decade and a half, the investigation took off. All right. Let's get this guy. 
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. So the fingerprint matched to a former Florida inmate named Jeffrey Wayne Gordon or Gorton. Um, hmm. Gorton was married and in the Navy when he was arrested in 1984 for attacking women on base in Orlando, Florida. His MO included hitting, in the, hitting them in the back of the head, taking off their clothes and stealing their underwear before running away. What? Yeah. Uh, he was also suspected of stealing underwear from the laundry room at the trailer park that he lived in. He was able to post bond for these crimes, but he was quickly apprehended again for breaking and entering, and he was ultimately sentenced to four years, but he was released after two. So he got four years for doing that? Yes, and for the breaking and entering. Like, all of that together, he got okay. four years. What? People were getting, like, 20 years for marijuana possession back then. Well, if you look at the like statistics, I bet you would see a bit of a difference between the types of people getting. Yeah, I know that's. Yep. Yeah. Bullshit. Yeah. Um, so his wife divorced him, obviously <laughs> when he was behind bars. Of course. So Getting out with no wife and no job, Gorton decided to move to Genesee County in Michigan to work for his parents' sprinkler company. One of the clients was the Applewood estate where Margaret lived in the gatehouse. So he was incredibly familiar with the layout of the estate and um, somehow he was able to marry again and he fathered two children with his wife. So at this point he has two kids and a wife. She must not have known. I, yeah, I don't think so. It's not like you could look them up like you can today. Right, exactly. And that all happened in Florida. So like, right. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. There's no way. I mean, they didn't even have a national database for fingerprints yet, let alone, you know, civilian access to criminal records. Right. Exactly. Um, His coworkers at the sprinkler company found him to be incredibly misogynistic and perverted. I'm pretty sure they called him like uncle perv or something like that Yeah, that that adds up so uh, far yeah yeah so his history tracked with that of a killer who brutally raped and murdered two women but police worried that a defense attorney could claim that his fingerprint uh was on the sink because he had used the bathroom one day at work or something like that yeah he was just randomly in her house because he's working for the sprinkler company well that's if you, ridiculous if he was like like i mean it is plausible that if he's working on the grounds at the applewood estate and one day he has to use the bathroom so he asks 
her if he can use her bathroom. And you there's know. nobody to say he didn't. Right, exactly. Yeah. But yeah. thankfully, DNA technology was common and accessible at this point. And remember, they had DNA evidence from both Margaret and Nancy's murder. Oh, yeah. So they began their quest to get a sample of Gorton's saliva. One night while out with his wife and kids at the skating rink, police followed him. They watched as he threw out the cup that he drank from, and they took it. Uh, when they tested it, there were two sources of DNA, but one of them matched to the DNA left at the scene of Margaret and Nancy's murders. Nice. So this allowed detectives to get a search warrant for Gordon's home. They found a collection of almost 800 pairs of underwear and lingerie stuffed in boxes in the attic. Like, uh, what? And this is where I'm like, that's crazy to me that the wife didn't like see any of that. But I mean, but, like, if you're not going often? up to the attic often, then, you how, know, why would you go in the attic to just look in boxes? Right. Exactly. Oh, no, honey. No, no, no. I don't want you to do that. I'll go up there. It's weird up there. There's spiders and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I can see how it happens. It just like just blows your mind, you know. Yeah, that's wild. That poor woman. Um, I know. Uh, Gordon had even labeled the underwear with the time and place that he stole them from. Uh, Just in case he forgot. Well, I guess when you're doing it so much. But God. Yeah, it's like, I mean, they're trophies. Like, he's proud of them. So I'm sure he likes to go back and look at, you know, where he took the underwear from to... Remember? Uh, yeah, remember who who it was and I hope this was that. mostly just laundry public laundry or something i hope so too um but they also found illegally recorded footage of people in the bathroom and they found videos of gordon wearing women's underwear and posing with them on like the guy from the silence of the lambs yes <laughs> um yeah but when they interrogated gordon he refused to confess any involvement in either murder despite the overwhelming evidence he even went as far as to say that he'd never been inside of Margaret's bathroom, which actually was used against him. Yeah, that was dumb. Yeah, because then there should be absolutely no reason why his fingerprint would be on the knob of her bathroom sink. Ding, ding, ding. Prison. Yeah, so finally in 2004, Gordon was tried and convicted of criminal sexual misconduct and first degree murder of Nancy Ludwig. And he ended up pleading no contest to first-degree murder, felony murder, and first-degree criminal sexual conduct for the murder of Margaret E.B. Uh, he was sentenced to life without parole, and he uh, went to Richard A. Handelin Correctional Facility in Ionia, Michigan, where he still resides to this day. Wow, he's still at the same prison? Yes, and um, obviously he was like very comfortable committing those murders and he tried really hard to like clean up all the evidence etc right. etc et so police think that it's likely that he probably has more victims yeah i would think so yeah i mean he's got 800 pairs of right oh yeah but uh unfortunately we probably won't ever know because he won't say he won't say yeah Well, I'm glad we finally got him. Yeah, I'm very happy that he was arrested. And without like the super hard work of both of the families of um, Margaret's son and Nancy's husband, I don't know if 
these would have been solved and they possibly maybe Margaret's would have because they used the fingerprint from her case but I don't know if they would have ever connected it to Nancy's case you know right plus they would have they would have had to go through their cold cases and run that fingerprint and then see that it's him and then try to prove it just off the evidence of the first one and it seems like they got a lot more evidence on the second one yeah yeah I'm just saying like they might not have known to test um like if they never took Nancy's the evidence out from her file to test against the national database after he got arrested right um for margaret's murder because they tested the fingerprint um like in the first place then they they might not have ever known to connect them so that was all due to the hard work of the families yeah. connecting them yeah good thing they did that yeah good on them for that yeah which i can't even imagine having to work that hard to try to solve like the murder of a loved one whose case has gone cold and just having to deal with that grief and yet still pursuing justice on your own at the same time that's um really admirable and i just cannot even imagine how hard that would be so yeah me either it just is devastating sure is um but yeah so that is the case of margaret eb and nancy ludwig and um you can if you want to watch the like documentary tv shows that were made i i personally haven't seen them but i'm sure they did a good job um, you can search it. I think there was either one or two shows on investigation discovery that were based on it. And then I believe there was an episode of forensic files that was based on this case. So, um, you can, you know, search up the murders on Google and probably find those episodes. Yeah. We'll have to talk to your dad to see if he knows anything about this too. Well, yes, I want to talk to my dad and my mom because my mom was the one that told me about it because she lived in, you know, she grew up, was born and raised in Flint. Of course. So when this happened, she lived there and she... Um, yeah, she's old enough to remember it. Yeah, she told me that like the day that they found Margaret's body, she was driving by and she saw them like collecting all the evidence in the gatehouse and she it just like always haunted her because they didn't you know find the killer for so long yeah it was was like 15 years right well for margaret it was they didn't he wasn't convicted until well i think he was convicted in 2004 he wasn't found until 2002 so margaret's murder happened in 1986 right and um so 16 nancy's murder happened in 1991 right five years later yeah and then it took him an additional 11 years to find the guy. And he probably acted out many other times. He seemed, the way you to- described him, he seemed comfortable, you know, to stick around for a minute and clean up. And like, you know, he's doing it in a hotel, right? It's not like he's like secluded in an alley somewhere where nobody's going to see him. Yeah. Yeah. That's why they think he's probably murdered a lot more right. women because he's just 
he just seems to have experience in yeah. doing so. Sick bastard. Yeah. So next week we will have another case for you guys and let us know if there are any cases or movies that you want to know about and we will do those. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in and we look forward to continuing to be able to do this. We'll see you next time. Thank you guys so much. Okay, bye. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.